Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. How you doing, Rob? Real good, Wayne. How you doing today? You know, I was driving down the road the other day, Rob, and I thought about something that um, I added it up. If you were uh, uh, if you were in business for ten years, you're a floor contractor for ten years, and let's say you work 50, 50 weeks a year, you potentially had over ten years five hundred different bosses. That not only had to like, it's not enough that they like thought your work was okay. They had to like it so much that they recommended and referred you. That's a pretty staggering thing. I wonder in most professions, how many bosses someone has over a 10 year span in their life. Maybe, maybe three, maybe four, but a floor contractor has to, I mean, you go through 500 different people, all those different personalities in 10 years that you have to please. That's a tough task for anybody to do. Don't you think? You have to be a chameleon. Yeah. Think of all the personalities, right? I mean, there's going to get a, there's going to be a bunch of people. Yeah. Oh yeah. You get and get along as soon as you meet them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how life is. Yeah. And you always want to stick around those people. Right. Yep. Yep. And there's people. Now, now we have that whole other group. Yep. I don't want to call them difficult because they do. Challenging. Sign the check for us. Challenging. Challenging. Yeah. Challenging yeah. could be it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Challenging. And there's some people that you meet that you know right away that you just don't need them in your life. And ho- hopefully you find that out before you uh, you, d- you uh, agree to do the floors. I'm really sorry, but I've just got too many friends now. I. I don't, I don't, I just don't have any room. I'm sorry. You ever turn anybody down doing a job before and, and watch how mad they get? <laughs> uh, I never turned anybody down. I don't think I ever turned anybody down, but I had a, I really would like to turn you down price. Oh yeah. The go away price. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh. and then some, have you ever given a go away price and they take it? Yeah, that's when I yeah. knew that my life was over. Yeah, let the you know what show begin. If you if you want to if you want to know what it's like to be a beautiful girl, and I'm sure you do, Rob. <laughs> you know, I yes. have n- no idea where you're going sometimes, and this one I can't wait to see this rabbit hole. Yes, I'm constantly wondering what it's like to be a beautiful girl. I, I know what it's like to be a beautiful man. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I can't imagine what it's like to be a beautiful girl. Start turning customers down for jobs. Listen, we appreciate you wanting to do business with us, but I just don't think it's a good fit for us right now. It's a a very powerful feeling. And, you know, you got to let them down and you see how how disappointed they get. Rob, I had, you know, I had this conversation, kind of a conversation like this with my kids. We were, they were asking us, my wife and I, about people that we dated, right? And come to find out that uh, I had never broken up with a girl in my life, ever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know we find this hard to believe, right? (laughs) But never once 
And they, the kids are just like out of their mind. They're like, you mean every one of these, I go, yeah, every, every one of those girls ended it with me. They said, you didn't, not once. And I go, no, not even close. No, if I, if I was dating a woman, I held on to her like grim dead. <laughs> Here's the list of the last six people that could have been your mom. <laughs> but they wanted nothing to do with me after a while. Yeah. You, um, you have you broken up with a girl? Yeah. And, but honestly, most of the time it's because I was moving. I moved all the time. I mean, I, I, I was a very, un, you know, unstable pick for, for a boyfriend. I, I, like I said, I moved, I went to 12, 11 different schools. I think I moved 12 or 13 different times. Oh my so God. I, you know, moved all the time and it was, you know, love them and leave them. Love them and leave in Hollywood, huh? Well, you got to reinvent yourself every year. <laughs> you find out what worked in the last place. You take a few pieces of those, you add something else. At certain times, I thought maybe I could add a little like mystique and intrigue, but that didn't work. So I, I, I quickly abandoned that. So one year you did the eye patch, and then uh, you know what? The eye patch didn't yeah. work. We'll we'll try something else next year. Yes, exactly. How about a limp? We'll, you experience trying to be a tough guy, you know, to see if that's going to you know play because they really don't know you. You're a new kid. Maybe you're a tough guy. Yes, uh, that's not, the that's quiet not brooding. Yes, I yes. get that. Yeah, yeah. I, I quickly got away from that one too. That <laughs> Yeah. Just got your ass kicked when you were yes. there. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I kick the crap out. So I'm gonna tip the crack out of the new guy. Yeah. You know, I, I never got beat up so much in my life as when I lived in Ireland. I, I don't I've said it before, I don't consider myself a fighter. I that doesn't, you know, and that's not my thing. My older brother Steve, oh hell yes. But me, not so much. In Ireland, I fought all the time, man. And just that's those kids were tough. And I, I just, I can't believe it just re reminds me. I watched the McGregor, uh, uh, the movie about, uh, what's the McGregor? Oh, uh, turn this off, my bad. I watched the movie about McGregor, the boxer from Ireland, the UFC fighter. I hate this new damn phone. Um, oh, man, it was a great movie. I, I love the bravado that guy had, man. Uh, it reminded me of living back there, man. There were some tough kids. But anyhow, I don't know how I get off on that. Everybody, all, all Irishmen love to fight. Well, it's got to be something in them. Hockey players, you, yeah. you look at St. Patrick's Day in Boston. If there's nobody around, they just start beating each other up. <laughs> it's, I don't think it's anything to be mean or something like that. I just think they, they really enjoy a good fight. Yeah, that might be true. That might be true. Uh, I know this. If a, if a kid in Ireland ever walks up to you and says, do you want to dig? Say no. Say, say no to that question. Because we just landed in Ireland, my brother and I, my brother Steve and I, and uh, we were in a, like a school playground, the two of us. And these three kids walked up, and one of them, you know, came up to my brother, and he goes, uh, he goes, hey, you want to dig? She goes, what? You know, we don't know. What, what does that mean, right? And so the guy goes, you want to dig? Steve goes, yeah. And he headbutts my brother in the face. <laughs> which turned out to be a massive mistake on his part, but... but um, but yeah, so that, I always learned, okay, I got to say no to that question. All right. We're joking around here, but we have something really serious we need to talk about. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it's something yeah. that, uh, that uh, I think many of us has uh, come in contact with. Well, a lot of floor guys don't like to talk about this, so we'll see how we can approach this subject. But we're going to talk today about shrinkage. 
Shrinkage. Shrinkage. Wintertime cracks. Not plumber's cracks. Shrinkage. No. Wintertime cracks. And all associated issues with that. So how can you avoid them? Can you avoid them? What are the steps that you might be able to, to do to, uh, to avoid them? So uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk about some of those things. And I have some, you might be shocked that I have some thoughts on this, Rob. You? Yeah. Let's start with what's the best defense against shrinkage? Staying warm. Yeah, well, yeah. climate has a lot, to, I gotta say, climate's got a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah, definitely staying warm. Yeah. Yeah, swim in the warm water, not, not the Atlantic, you know, where I used to swim. Maine, yeah. the coast of Maine, coast of New Hampshire. Oh, I imagine you've had that, some severe shrinkage in your life. Serious cold water. Yeah. In those states. Crazy. Huh. Be careful. Shrinkage. How do we how do we avoid it? Can we avoid it? What can we do to prepare for it? And um, when it happens, what do we do to uh, to resolve it? Well, I know how I take care of my shrinkage. How's that? I have the most incredibly damp basement known to man. We have a very low water table here. Hmm. So I'm always fighting it the other way. I'm always trying to keep things keep things dry because even though we have the heat, the forced hot air heat and all that and everything, but like I said, my basement is so damp. We have dehumidifiers running constantly down there. So I don't run into what I have seen though in some of the other places. So I know by adding moisture somehow into the home and I, I'll tell you what works perfect for me is that damp basement. The so damp basement. The damp basement, yeah. Keep you, that you, basement never, really damp. And you never broke up with a girl in your life? Never. Okay, maybe that's it. Damp basements. <laughs> okay. I think you first got to do this. Uh, never, you have to, never broke up with a girl, ever. No. Well, and yeah. I'd be surprised that anybody would break up with you. I mean, what, what a catch. Yeah. I would love to say that I moved around a lot, but I was, you know, kind of stationary. So I didn't really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's still one girl I can try it with. No, you don't want to do that now. Well, yeah. I'd like to know what that feels like. but Yeah. A hot plate and, a, you know, a one bedroom uh, apartment somewhere. <laughs> a small refrigerator. I don't think you do. <laughs> no way. I'll just live in the damp basement. There you go. Yeah. You don't have to worry about shrinkage all right so i think i think what you first have to do you have to have a meeting of the minds i i think when you're talking to the homeowner and you're bidding the job i i think you know you need to start talking about these type of things especially if you live in a cold northern climate um i think you have to uh you have to we talk about acclimation a lot on this podcast and we talk about how it's important to get the building ready first make sure the building is closed up you have the proper conditions and then you bring the wood in and you get the wood ready ready for the house, right? You get the wood acclimated right. after the after the building is acclimated, you get the wood acclimated. And that's part of the equation. But we all know in the best of all circumstances, you, I had a call about this recently. And it could be the best, you know, you, you acclimate it, you did everything, but you do, did all your due diligence and you still have it. And should you be, you know, should it be your issue? I think it starts with that number one. Number two, and I can't stress this enough, and I know I, we had a, an episode before about contracts, 
and um, I've sent out a lot to the to to the to listeners. If you still haven't got one or whatever, you can just let me know, and I'll send you the contract. But I, I think you do have to protect yourself and put something in that contract that makes them aware, makes the homeowners aware that this is a possibility and that it is a. Uh, their responsibility to to keep that house at a at a level that that protects those floors, for the moisture content, uh, and the RH content. Okay, so I think there's there's and then when I say the meeting of the minds, you know, I, I got a homeowner that says I want ten inch wide planks in the floor. Now that requires a conversation, right? Beautiful, I love it, I get it. I mean the wide planks, they're they're, they're spectacular and all these different nice things about them. However, and I like the word, I like to always start out with be aware. Be aware that with this comes a potential for showing more, more seasonal movement, okay? So I think you have to talk about that. I think you also have to, if you're in that type of situation, uh, and a lot of guys in Michigan, I talked to a lot of guys in Michigan and run into stuff like this where they, they're, the homeowners are up there just for the, for the, for the summer. They close the cabin up, they close everything up. They're not there six months out of the year. And then, they, you know, you get that hard phone call. Well, you know, those type of things, yes, they, they may not be your fault, but it sure looks a whole lot better if you've done your 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 homework up front and you had that conversation up front. And um, that you that this can be an occurrence that can happen. OK, so I think those 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 are start out right off the bat, acclimating properly, uh, a meeting of the minds. You know, talk about, talk to Homer about different, why the different options come with different, you know, same thing if someone told me they wanted a maple floor or if they want an American cherry floor or if they want a walnut floor. Yeah, 100%. I love them too. They're stunning. Just want to let you know, you know, here is, here is the properties of this product, of this floor, and here's the product uh, properties of this one. We know American cherry is a very soft species of wood. Uh, you know, and you might have it. And there's people that live on American cherry and walnut and love them and and never have an issue. There's people that will buy them and they'll call you six months later and they'll, they'll be the worst thing they ever did because of the way they live on the floor because they got the three dogs and the kids and the, they ride their bikes and roller skate in the house. I Another one you have to do, which was a real eye-opening experience for myself, was monitor the environment. And when I started monitoring my environment and see what was going on here. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe the amount of moisture that I had going on. You know, and I know this is all about shrinkage, but you know, for a place to have as much, that's when I started putting gutters on the house, doing the work downstairs, trying to dry the basement out, you know, that kind of thing. Because once I started to monitor this stuff and it was, you know, a pretty simple, monitoring system too. It was just a couple of those, I'm going to go back in time here, a couple of those temperature relative humidity gauges. I bought a radio shack. Yep. And spread those around the house a couple of times. And it was absolutely amazing. The difference in some of the rooms and like I said, what was going on downstairs. So I think once, I know uh, I have seen some uh, floor guys who that is something that they'll give to the homeowner with the with their cleaning kits at the end of a job they'll say here like this monitor the environment because when you said you have to have that discussion i think you have to have more than a discussion it's got to be in writing and i'm i remember that contract that you had 
did you put exact numbers in writing, you know, the 60 to 75 for temperature and 35 to 55 on the RH? I, I don't believe I did. Uh, I don't know. I have to go back and look at it, but you're 100% right. And um, it does have to be more than just a conversation. As I said, contract should, should, should uh, also have that language in there as well. You know, right. You know, it's funny. You mentioned Michigan and I remember one of the, you know, being in the sport world, you know, we have seen some amazing shrinkage. Okay. I bet you, I bet you have. Yeah. And I'll never forget. We went and looked at uh, university of Michigan. I was up there with my good friends at Foster's and they had just installed the floor. We had to go take a look at this. And that's what they were, the school was complaining about was, you know, Oh my God, these, you know, these gaps are just unbelievable, you know? So we were thinking, oh, it's probably, you know, a classic side bonding type deal or whatever. But it wasn't even that. It wasn't even side bonding. I mean, each individual board had shrunk like it was incredible. Well, the moisture meter that I had went as low as four. I couldn't get a reading off of this floor. It was a brand new building and it's, you know, I don't know, 15, 12, 15,000 seat arena. So there's not a lot of cooking, not a lot of showers. There's not a lot of humidity being added to that environment. And, you know, I, that's when I started to have a conversation with the facility guys. Like, you know, I, I, I know this looks terrible and everything, but you have got to figure out a way to get a little moisture in here. I said, this floor is so dry. And that, that was something that I learned that day is once these floors get too dry, it goes way beyond the capabilities of paints and finishes and stains and wood itself. When it just gets so extremely dry, you know, nothing, you look at people's furniture, look at their molding, things like that. Then you can really tell this house is extremely dry. Yeah. You get some cracks in the floor, but you got cracks in your furniture. You got cracks in your, in your molding all yep. because of this, you've got to change your environment here. 100%. And I agree with you. It is, it, I think it's a brilliant idea to give hygrometers to the homeowners. Uh, they're very inexpensive. Um, in a big house, like, like you know, 4,000 square foot house or whatever, I might give them three. Put them in different rooms, up one downstairs, one upstairs, one in this room here, whatever. And, uh, and also, I have uh, seen clients, got, you know, they get really invested in this when they see that. When it, they see it drop below 35 RH, they start getting concerned about it, right? So then you want that. You want to have a homeowner that's aware of, of what can happen. So I think that I think that's a that's a great idea. They're very inexpensive. It also shows you again, you've done all your due diligence. You've done everything that you can. You put everything on your side of the equation to help you. Now, some people will say, well, yeah, contracts, I mean, what good is a contract if you have shrinkage or whatever? Uh, I, I think uh, it, it can absolutely help you. I, I can guarantee you this. It can, it, it, by not having it, it can, it can damn sure hurt you. So it's just one, one of these things you can put on your side of the equation. You might also consider going with narrower boards, uh, rift and quarter. And even all rift is even safer yet. I told you about the contractor in, in uh, California that I knew that, that all his jobs that I saw, all his big jobs that were rifts on. And I thought that after I've seen several jobs, I realized this, this, is, this is this guy's business uh, uh, model. 
And when I talked to him, he goes, yeah, absolutely. He goes, I, I saw it as an up, upgrade because, you know, it's beautiful. It's, it's real riffs on. At this time, still a lot of people don't want to see the all the wild grain of a select grade floor. Um, but he does it so he can sleep at night because they're going to move a lot less than a, than a select and better. Um, did you I, ever have to have when, I mean, you were a California contractor, right? Yeah. That's where you did. That's where most of your professional career was, correct? Correct. Yeah. All of it. Okay. Trial filling. Mm -hmm. Did you trial fill a lot of floors? Did you, do you go through in California what we go through out here in the Northeast? No, I, I trial filled damn near every single floor. Okay. And the only reason I wouldn't, and I never took into seasonal changes into account hmm. because they were so mild compared to back East. What I did consider though, is how, how was the subfloor? If there was a lot of bounce in the subfloor, a lot of lateral movement in the subfloor, uh, a very loose floor. And th then at times I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, trial field, but I would 100% have the conversation up front because that would be out of the norm for us not to trial field floor. So, yeah. and that's always been a really tough conversation uh, for anybody doing work in the Northeast or or the Midwest, Upper Midwest. Okay, because they, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, they have the same climate that you know we here have in New York and New England and everything one of the toughest conversations in the world to have. And believe me, you want to have that conversation before you start applying finish. Yeah. Because once you start applying finish, people are going to, Oh, geez, I thought you're going to fill those cracks. You know, this is now they are, you know, yeah. They now, do now not want it. They don't want to pay. You. They think that you've screwed them over somehow. Now you're trying to have the conversation of, well, you have shrinkage and you have swelling and it will crack and come out and this and that. And the whole time they're thinking, you lazy bum. You just didn't want to get on your hands and yeah. knees and fill everything. Yeah. So you have to do, I'm going to take your word here. You have to do your due diligence. Wayne Highlander work. Mm -hmm. You have to do your due diligence and really talking about it's and it's rarely a conversation we have to have in the summer, but in the winter, when you're Santa floors in February, everybody's seeing those cracks and they, you know, they're all assuming that it's going to get filled. So I can't stress enough to have that conversation up front. And that conversation uh, falls under customer expectations where you come from a completely different position at the beginning of the job, having that conversation then at the end of the job, it's 180. Because now you got to earn their confidence back. Now they think something's gone wrong. You didn't get their expectations weren't met. So if you simply had that conversation up front and you could back it up with literature and what have you. Absolutely. Whole different position. And you saved yourself. A, I mean, there's been some great floor men that I've known in my life, flat out studs, that because of lack of communication or they were kind of gruff in their, their, their way that they have, they, they, their mannerisms cause themselves a whole lot of issues in this in this uh, in this trade. I'll tell you, I'll tell you another one that that uh, really just just wiped us out. I mean, really, it, it hurt. This one hurt. Um, it was back in the '80s when everybody was white, and like you know, you've always heard the story of how when Pete and I started our business, we got 
we became the masters of white and bleaching and white floors and everything. Did a floor in July, just knocked it out of the park. It was just perfect. Get a call from her in February. There's black streaks everywhere. I didn't think nothing of it. Well, okay, I'll go out, take a look at it. Walked in, looked at the floor. I go, oh, yeah, oh, nice. Almost, I was kind of chuckling. I'm like, yeah, it's seasonal gaps, you know, wood shrinks in the, and, you know, her house is like 77. She was an older woman, you know, so it was just hot as hell in there. The heat just blasting away, middle of the winter, and those floors just shrinking like crazy. I said, no, 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 those aren't black streaks. I said, those are just seasonal gaps, you know, where the wood shrinks. And she looks at me and said, uh, I can still see her face when she said this. Well, it never happened before. You must have done something to that wood. Yeah. And I tell this story at every single class I do because whites and grays and pastels are becoming very popular. And here in the Northeast, if, if I can save one person that conversation of just having the conversation up front that your floors are going to shrink and you're going to see, you're going to see some gaps. And there's really not much you can do about it unless you can do a good job of maintaining the environment. 60 to 75, 35 to 55. If I had had those conversations, I'll tell you, when she said, nope, never happened before. And I said, no, 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 it, it always happened. I said, your floors were dark brown. And now we went to a white. You just never noticed it. She said, no, it's absolutely something you did. And I had the NWFA calling her. I had I, anybody I could find. If I had known you back then, I'd have had you talk to her. Wow. And she didn't want to hear from anybody. I mean, she didn't want to hear a thing. I, I was a guy who destroyed her floors. Wow. When I, when, when I think of that, a white stained floors with a dark, as you were telling that story, the, the dark gaps between the boards, obviously uh, I went to a piano, you know, with the piano keys, and then, of course, I went to Songs in the Key of Life. I think 1977, Stevie Wonder, one of the all-time greatest songs, albums ever, ever. So I don't know my, where my head went there, but you damn. Really, when you hear really that. Drift, you really drifted off during that yeah, story, huh? Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, some, there's a lot of distributors out there that, that have letters that you can, if, you know, you, you do business with them. You can get a letter from them or you can draft your own letter. To, to hand out to your clients. You know what? The winter season's upon us. So be very careful and be, just understand that, that, that this is a natural uh, byproduct of, of, of hardwood floors. The natural expansion contraction is caused by relative humidity. And, and if it gets below a certain number, you know, below 35 usually, you're gonna see them start, the floors start to shrink. It's, it's absolutely normal. And you should expect that the floors will will expand back again when when you gets back up and the you know the humidity comes back up, and that's a normal process. Okay. Again, another thing that can save you, because if the word if it's coming out of your mouth and you, you you're the one that got the check, it can be more powerful sometimes coming from a third party. But one thing, one one little sneaky byproduct of a floor that it, that that shrinks and expands back is squeaks. Because now when the floor moves and that subfloor maybe maybe moves and the fasteners kind of loosen up a little bit, that floor not only is gapped a little bit, but a lot of times you get squeaks because of it. 
Now, when that floor comes back, yeah, absolutely, that floor will swell back and the, the, the nails will, will, will still hold the floor, but they're not quite as tight as they used to be. So it leaves you a little bit vulnerable for, uh, for squeaks. That's why, I, you know, the, we talk about it a lot, the NWFA in 2019, when they changed their guidelines, which I'm gonna say again, they did a freaking fantastic job on them. They're fantastic. Um, um, they address that. And, and when they talk about nail glue assist with the wider planks. So be aware that doing the nail glue assist, again, having that customer expectation up front when you talk to the homeowners about uh, seasonal changes and gapping, whatever, you might let them know that this, this is why we do nail glue assist. This is why we charge for it. It's for your protection as well as, as, as mine, you know, to make sure that you're, you're happy with your floor and it can stop with that squeaking, popping sounds that, that comes along with seasonal changes. Make sense? You're a nail or a staple guy? Uh, depends on the job. And I'll tell you, uh, I was, um, I was uh, bleached for a long time. Staples came out. We went to Staples. And then we went back to cleats, especially in certain circumstances. Now, but I will 100% go to Staples if I'm going on OSB uh, because I don't think they, I've done enough insurance jobs when I've had to tear out floors that were, that were put down with cleats and the boards just almost damn near pop right wow. out. I mean, no night and day. But in the most other circumstances, and especially with exotics, um, you ever try to install a bloodwood floor, how badly those tongues split? Um, <clears throat> No, I never did that, but but we had a hell of a time with um, Australian Cypress. Yeah, yeah. Just blowing apart. I mean, yeah. it was, I think I think a lot of it we ended up just doing by hand. Yeah, we, uh, for that reason, we went back to cleats, but I left the door open for, if it was ever on OSB, then we would go with staples. Now, the other thing too is, be aware of some of the OSB that's out there today. It can be so rigid that it can lead to squeaks as well. Some of the products out there, they have their resins in there. That is that and I don't I, I don't know. It's kind of happened as I got out of the trade. But there is definitely OSB products out there that uh, that are so rigid that they also tend to lead to squeaks uh, in itself. So this is a, a, a byproduct, a side note there, I guess. Hmm. So shrinkage, you know, um, nothing to laugh at, is it? No, it's really not. And it can be, you know, as we said, a, you know, a source of embarrassment. There's another tool out there that that uh, um, can kind of is a good good tool to keep in the toolbox. And it's one of those um, uh, I, IR readers. I, I can't. It's infrared readers. It's an IR infrared temperature reader. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. I was talking to uh, Brian Rathbun, one of our territory managers uh, up in the Rocky Mountain area in, in Dallas, in, um, in the Denver, Colorado area. And he told me he was on a job before where in the dead of winter, cold, dead winter uh, up in Colorado, he took an IR meter and shining on the floor and was reading 100 degrees due to the sun. Blade, that's one thing about Colorado. Colorado's a beautiful place, man. I mean, just staggering beauty. The beauty that is just unparalleled. But... They get a ton of snow and they get a really, really cold weather up there. But they, I think they get like 300 days of sunshine a year. Uh, and so, so that, that sun beating through those windows facing the sun, even though it's wintertime, you can get some really, really hot floors out there. So by being able to take this gun and shining it on there and to be able to find out, okay, you know, that's, and you, it's, it, when you show the homeowner that, look, I'm shining over here, you're at 70, no cracks. 
where it's 75 degrees, 72 degrees, whatever. Now we put it over here in the area you're experiencing cracks, it's 100 degrees. I mean, that's that's going to dry your floor out. So I think that's, you know, I think they're less than 20 bucks or around 20 bucks, the IR meters. So uh, not, a, not a bad product to the a tool to have you with you in your toolbox. Right here. 30 bucks, Home Depot. Oh, no kidding. Yep. There you go. All right. Sentech. You travel yeah, I, with that thing? I bring it everywhere I go. Hmm. I bring that and I bring the um, that little radio shack thing I was telling about that tells you temperature and relative humidity. Because you one of the like things you. that we teach at the schools is to know what your dew points are. And the one of the ways, you know, the, I won't get into it too crazy, but to really get an accurate dew point, you need to know the temperature of the floor, not the temperature of the room, but the temperature of the floor. But then you, when you have the temperature of the floor and you put that into the equation with the relative humidity of the room, it gives you the exact dew point really quick, really easy. It's a two point calculator that I have on the phone takes literally seconds to do it. Nice. But I note that you're in your home right now, right? Yeah. And yet you have an IR meter and um, those tools with you. Uh, dare I say you seem to have an obsession to uh, justify shrinkage. I love pointing that IR meter at everything. Anybody, yeah. everything. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, you're right. I'm obsessed. I'm definitely. When I figured out the whole dew point thing, I remember just sitting at the kitchen table having coffee with Pauline saying, huh, let me show you something. What do you think the dew point is today? <laughs> and she'd be like, please, I, not another. This is day 74 of knowing the dew points. And nice. I said, well, yeah, practice yeah. makes perfect. Absolutely you know? right. Yeah. Now I'm just, uh, you know, and I, you know me. Ask my old boss, Bill Price. He knows. I'm a weather buff. Yeah. Love the weather. And I'll tell you, all kidding aside, it just to, it, to know what's going on with your environment and weather, it can really answer a lot of questions, too, of when you get jammed up with something. We talked about it before. We work indoors. That's what gets, what, that's what gets me. You know, we work indoors. But, you know, our trade is not outside in the, in the weather like a lot of carpenters and laborers and let you know those type of trades pipe fitters but we are as affected by by uh, moisture changes as any other trade more so than a lot of I trades think, i think more so because of the delicate products that we're working with yeah and um, the expectations today that are put on the demands and like i said at the beginning of this podcast if you've been in a trade for 10 years and you work 50 jobs a, a, a year that's 500 bosses potentially you could have Think about that. That's a staggering thought for me. The pressure that that guys are under, and, and different personalities, and different expectations, and and you, this this one person in the world, have to manage. You've managed over five hundred different expectations that were put on you. Some completely. We've all seen people that were like completely irrational. Let's face it, right? Super challenging people, engineers designers and whatever that, that, that you have some demands. I, you know what? I, I talk to them every day on the phone now that I'm helping out yeah. on the tech line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah, you get it, man. It's all. Awesome. Oh, oh, 
Hats off uh, to the I, contractor. It, it's amazing how many times a homeowner will just be in the middle of it. And I go, look, man, you got to trust your contractor. Okay. You've already told me a couple of things that's going on. And I know that this guy knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. but there's just some people, some personalities that just can't leave well enough alone. You know, they get on the internet and all of a sudden they're a fourth generation bowling alley contractor themselves. Yeah. Well, one thing that's always uh, baffled me is you hire a contractor because of his reputation, let's say. All right. Why did you hire the guy? Well, he was referred to me by so-and-so. He did house down the road. He did a beautiful job. Fantastic. And then you get the guy in a job and you go, you know what? I want you to use this finish on my job. Well, that's always a, baffled me because you got my name. You know my name because of what I do and the products I work with and what have you. And now you're asking me to use something completely that I don't know the history. I don't just don't know how it performs. It's completely different than what I use. And you're taking all my experience and the reason why I chose these products and all my knowledge, and you're neg- negating that and telling me to use some other products when I'm telling you that you know this is this is the way that that you know that I believe we should go. And and at that time, there's times right there when you know maybe this ain't a good fit for you. So anyhow, the price keeps going up. Keep talking. Yes. Price keeps climbing. <laughs> well, that's it, Wayne. Yep. There it Thank is. You. We did it. We we, we, we did uh, the shrinkage episode. We we um, came up with a solution for it. Monitor that shrinkage. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Robin. Before we go, uh, again, over the last few weeks, we both personally got a lot of, lot of feedback in, from the show and and we thank our listeners again uh, more than I can tell you. We appreciate it, um, and uh, it means a lot to us. And thanks for the the kind words that we've gotten over the years. And uh, again, appreciate your listenership. Please stay tuned for another episode. Well, wait a minute. I thought you were that little ditty you were doing there. I, yeah. I thought you were announcing your retirement or something. That's that's oh. how it sounded. <laughs> no. Wow! I just holy crap. Gosh, be careful when you say something like that, Rob. I was just, I I was thinking, he can't go. Who's going to do all the talking? I I can't talk as much as he does. No way. Be careful even putting a rumor out there like that, Rob, with the stocks. The stocks will go, will plummet. (laughs) That's right. You got to watch what you say. You really got to be careful. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't involve America. It's it's Canada and across the globe. Worldwide. We have listeners all over the world. Yeah, they... I bet they all felt the same thing that I felt just when you said that. Yes. That one guy in Australia. I think we have one guy in Iran, too. Absolutely. Okay. So, again, thank you very much. It's been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode.